let's get into the word of the Lord. Romans chapter 8, and we're going to read verse number 18. Romans chapter number 8, and we're going to read this verse here, verse number 18 together. And as you're coming to your place in Scripture, if you would stand with us tonight for the reading of the word of God. Romans chapter number 8, and we're going to read this here, this verse number 18. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you're there with me, won't you say amen? The Bible here says, Paul speaking, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory what shall be revealed in us. He says, let me read again. I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. I want you tonight to understand that when we take a look at things that are going on around us, however we might categorize as suffering, as trouble, as trial, as circumstance. Tonight, if I can, I'd like to even use the term a wound. And in this, he says, these things that we are dealing with, these things that are going on, he says, here's what I've come to understand, that this, there's no, they're not even worthy. There's no comparison as to what's going on right now and to what God is going to reveal in us at a later time. There is going to be glory that's going to come as a result of present suffering. There is going to be reward for those things that right now are quite the challenge. There is going to be rejoicing over things that right now might produce tears. Amen. There's going to be some things that can only come as a result and only be revealed in us if we deal with those sufferings right now. And tonight, if I can, for just a, a few moments of your time, I want to preach on the thought, the wonder of a wound. The wonder of a wound. Can we pray together? Father, I thank you tonight for your faithfulness. And Lord, I'm thankful for your word. And Lord, this evening, I know that collectively in this house, we are acquainted with various sufferings. We are acquainted with various challenges, turmoils. Lord, things that can weigh on us and that embattle us. But Lord, tonight, I pray as we look at your word that we grab a hold of the truth of the glory that's going to be revealed. Lord, of the power that's going to be demonstrated. And Lord, tonight I pray, let your word go forth in power and anointing. Anoint our hearts and ears to hear, my mind and lips to preach, and in all things that you are glorified. Father, I pray tonight, my earnest desire, I don't want to be seen or heard, but Lord, I want you to be revealed. And Father, in doing so, hide me behind the cross. And Lord, I pray tonight as we rejoice over the fact that we can leave here different than the way we've come. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated. Look at your neighbor and tell him, say, there's wonder connected to your wound. Amen. There is wonder there is wonder that is connected to your wound. Amen. One of the things that I have uh, come to realize, and I know that everybody in here can understand, is that there's no escaping a wound. There is no escaping a type of suffering. I want you to understand when we talk, and if I can specifically, just keeping in line, if you will, upon 
upon upon what the Lord has put upon my heart in the use of this word, a wound. Amen. Is that if you have uh, met those or you yourself have raised a child or maybe even you have the propensity uh, in order to find a way to be wounded or if you're one of those that say, uh, Brother Jake, just nickname, they nicknamed me Grace because uh, no matter what I did, where I stepped, how I ran, I mean, no matter what it was, I was notorious. I was notorious for scraped knees or maybe a busted head, a broken arm, a cut finger, a twisted ankle. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I think that we all know everybody. Everybody knows a somebody who it seems like every time you turn around, maybe there's a wound of some sort. There's a, a brace or a cast or or a hospital visit. I had a friend of mine that, and uh, in school and it seemed that every time, I mean every time we turned around, there was something that was done, something that had transpired. Amen. And, uh, and so if you have been acquainted with these things, you understand that uh, wounds are oftentimes inescapable. I, uh, I remember as a child uh, that uh, at about four years old, uh, my grandma and grandpa, uh, right in the middle of their living room, and first of all, let me say that when you're four and five and you're at grandma and grandpa's house, uh, I don't know about you, but that house seemed like a big old mansion to me. Did anybody else have, have a place? And then when you got older, you looked around and said, this wasn't a mansion at all. It just a, it just a humble home and and other, but it was seemed like that place, Sister Gloria, just seemed like it was massive. I mean, it might as well have been as big as this church in my in my child's eye in my eyes as a child. But I remember they had a big old uh, coffee table that sat there in the middle of the living room. Grandma had a couch over here and had a love seat over here and had a couple of chairs at the back of the living room and there was this coffee table and I. I'm not talking about, you know, that prefab put together, you know, cheapy stuff that, uh, you know, you just kind of hit it just right and it fall apart. I'm talking about solid. I mean the real deal. And uh, I remember uh, when as a kid going through there and I was Uncle Danny doing things I'm sure I wasn't supposed to, such as running or playing ball or doing something. And I remember falling and hitting my head on that coffee table. That might explain some of my problems today. I don't know. Uh, but I remember going through there. I didn't ask for your opinion, Mamma. Amen. Uh, but uh, I, I remember going through there, hitting my head. And then I was the oldest of the grandkids. And, and therefore, not only the oldest, but more than likely the favorite as well. I'll just put that out. I'm sorry, Aaron. I, I don't know. I'm, I'll just put that out there. Uh, but anyway, I remember my cousin Cassie. She came along and she was learning to walk. And lo and behold, she fell, hit her head on that coffee table. And then we had our other cousins come along. Well, about the third cousin that fell and hit their head on that coffee table, I still remember Papa. He said, that's it. I'm done with that coffee table. He said, I've had too many of my grandkids bust their head on that table. Amen. Or have you ever in the middle of the night, I not only hit my head on that coffee table, but I remember sometimes getting up, navigating the middle of the night and have you ever caught your little pinky toe on the corner? Oh Jesus. Oh Lord Jesus. Nothing makes you pray. And I hope you're praying. Nothing tests your sanctification like catching your pinky toe on a, on a bedpost or a coffee table. And I mean, I, I busted my toes on that thing. And I was never so glad, Sister Linda, when Papa said, we are getting rid of that coffee table. Right then and there, when the last cousin that hit their fell and hit their head on it, they're over there crying. Over there got a goose egg on their head. And Papa, I remember that thing was heavy. And he grabbed it, Brother Coleman. And by himself, he dragging it across that living room floor. He said, we are getting it out of here. And never again was it in there. Amen. Because he was tired of his grandbabies getting wounded on that coffee table. However, I wish that in life, that escaping a wound, that finding 
finding ourselves exempt from pain was just that easy. Don't you wish that sometimes it was as easy as saying, well, I want to get rid of that or I don't want this anymore. But the truth of the matter is, is that in our lives, as I said, wounds are inescapable. We come to find they come in all shapes and sizes. There are things that come and that leave their mark on us. Amen. Not only physically, but they also, there are things that leave their marks in our memory, on our hearts, in our spirits. There are some things that have left some scars. That's what wounds do oftentimes is that it provides a story. It provides a scar. It provides something to say and, and to where you can share with. Amen. I was asking Ashlyn and I were having a conversation a couple of weeks ago on the way to school and she said I had a picture on my phone and, and it was when she was about six years old and she saw the picture. She said I was about six there, huh dad? I said yeah and I, she said I, she said I think it might be neat if I now that I'm 12 to go back and, and talk to my six year old self and I said well that might kind of be neat. I said well what would you tell your six year old self and so she began to go down the list of things that she would tell her six year old self and she said one thing that I would tell my six year old self is don't ride the bicycle at sister Haley's house she said cause that's where I was wounded and I, I had to get stitches from that bicycle wreck amen and so now she has that scar and sister Haley you will forever have a permanent place in her mind amen as she looks at that knowing where she was amen in the moment what exactly happened and that's how all of us are we are in places of our lives and there are situations as to where there are some wounds and there are some sufferings and there are some things that even now that hurt there are some things that even now might have your heart broken there are some things that even now maybe you would identify with some suffering that's happening in this present time that Paul said oh but can I say tonight is that as we look and we identify with wounds, amen, that we deal with, with sufferings and hurts, things that we often don't understand. I want to reveal to you, share with you, and it may not be a brand new revelation, but I want to let you know is that as we are in the moments where maybe there's tears that fall, that you don't quite understand the reason for them, where there's things going on internally that you wish you could take away the hurt. Maybe there's things you see even happening in the lives of people that you love. And you love them so much. You wish, Brother Yuda, you could always shield them. You wish you could take it away. But that is not always the case. Can I say that in my life and in yours, in my family, in your family, there are wounds that, number one, they will happen. There are wounds that are happening right now. There are sufferings that are going on. Trial and tribulation right now today. Maybe even now that you've battled with. But I want to let you know that according to the word of God. That if we believe in a savior. Who is working everything for our good. You must understand as Paul recognized. That right now the present suffering. Right now the wound that I'm dealing with. Right now the circumstances. I'm in that at the end of it there is a different place there is a testimony there is glory that's going to be revealed and it's not going to be that I come out saying look at me and what I've done but brother Jimmy it's going to be that we can say had it not been for the Lord had it not been for his hand had it not been by his power had it not been by his ability there is wonder even in the wounds that we are dealing with. The Bible gives us some descriptions of some of the wounds. 
I understand that there are some wounds that require different treatments. There are some wounds that with a little bit of a mama's kiss and a band-aid, everything's all right. There are some wounds that require a little bit more attention. Some wounds have to be cleaned out. Some wounds have to be doctored up. Some wounds require stitches. Some wounds require surgery. There are all different types of things and there are different phases to what's going on. But here's what I can tell you, that for the child that just needs mama's kiss and a band-aid, or the one that's going in for surgery to correct a wound, here's what I can assure you, is that the wounded to them in that moment, it is a big deal. Amen. It is a big deal. Understand the Word of God points to some of the things that we find. In Psalms 38 and 5, the Bible says this, My wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. The psalmist here is saying, My sin, my foolishness has caused wounds in my life. It is called grief that I'm dealing with. It has caused heartache that I'm in the middle of. It has brought about consequence that I have to contend with. Amen. He said, As a result of my foolishness, my wounds, they stink. They have festered. They they, are, they need to be cleaned and cleansed. He said, it is corrupt. Oh, my wounds. Lord, can you do anything with it? Proverbs 18 and 8 describes where there are wounds that come from other people. The Bible says this. The words of a talebearer are as wounds. Listen. And they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. Have you been there before? Where maybe somebody you loved and respected where somebody you was close to there was something said there was a lie there was a mistrust there was a misconstrued of the truth and there is a wound all of us know what it is to be wounded by somebody that you loved something to be said something have you ever had this sinking feeling in your stomach have you ever felt like I mean almost like it was hot iron that was poured down your throat. I mean it burns and it, and it stings and it hurts. There are, there are things that are done to us or said to us or where we are treated in certain ways that cause a wound that has to heal and a wound that leaves a scar, a wound that is suffering. The Bible also says in Jeremiah 15 and 18, it says why is my pain perpetual in other words why does this continue on and he said my wound is incurable which refuses to be healed will thou altogether uh, unto me be unto me as a liar and as waters that fail in other words that weeping prophet said there's problem on every hand my my wound seems incurable. Lord, are you aware of what's going on? Lord, are you going to turn your back on me? Lord, are you going to fail me now? But can I tell you whether it's David or Jeremiah or Jacob Smith or if it's Eddie Johnson or if it's Amy Blewett or Darren Bourne, here's what I can assure you of. There is still a healer. There is still one concerned about your wound. There is still one that knows right where you are. There is one that knows the pain that you think nobody else knows or identifies with. I love the deity of Christ, but I also love that we have a picture of his humanity. Because the Bible says, Brother Jay, he was a man who was acquainted with grief and a man of sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. But here's where the glory is. By those wounds, by those stripes, I am healed. There is a wonder 
in the wound. There's a wonder. The body can do amazing things. When it is wounded, God designed us in such a way that immediately the body is at work to begin the healing process of what it can do on itself. I understand that this often correlates with how the immune system is and whether or not there's underlying conditions or whatever the case might be. We have medical advances and medicines and procedures that can help along and expedite the healing process. But tonight maybe you understand that when it comes to the spiritual, when it comes to emotional, when it comes to the physical things, the, 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 the deep parts, the deep parts of our lives, the eternal things... There's not always, Sister Gloria, a quick fix. There's not always a quick trip to somewhere to just get it done and over with. I remember I was about 13 years old and my Uncle Scott, him and my Aunt Debbie had been here, preached for us. They were Assembly God missionaries for over 20 years in Luxembourg and now pastoring the first Assembly of God there in Elsinore. But I remembered about 13 years old, my uncle was working part-time at a sawmill and he was pushing a piece of wood through and that big blade was cutting that those boards as he pushed through and that blade got a hold of the tip of his glove and it pulled his hand into that saw blade that day he came home or, or while he was uh, he didn't come home he went to the hospital of course and they was looking talking about the options but they had to remove the index finger on his left hand and uh, he had he bears a scar that runs down through his thumb and I remember his girls were very little at that time and they were talking the doctors were talking about well we're not going to be able to, to replace the finger or anything of that nature you'll have a nub and you'll have some you'll have some feeling loss and things of that nature and one of his girls when they was there and they, they was listening and mama was explaining what was going on with daddy and one of the girls said well said we can go down to Walmart and get daddy a new finger we can and go there and take care of it. She was sure, Brother Darren, that Walmart had an answer for everything. She was sure that she could just run there and pick one out. Amen. That would like that finger there. Amen. But it doesn't work that way. There are some things in our lives that the trouble, that the suffering, understand the word of God with suffering. There comes the terminology as well as long suffering. There are some things that in an instant you can't fix it. Can I say this? I don't want to break your heart. I don't want to discourage you. But there are some of you that have some wounds and some of you that have some sufferings and you've been covering it in prayer for a long time and can I say that it may not be a situation that one trip to the altar fixes it all. It might not be one prayer cures it all. It may not be that one revival service it's all taken care of. There are some things Sister Wanda that requires me that if I'm going to see the wonder of the healing hand of God then Sister Cindy that means every day I've got to put it under the blood that every day I've got to take it to the altar that every day I've got to, I've got to put it in the hands of Christ I want to let someone know I wish as pastor I could snap my fingers say a word and you be completely made whole of the suffering but I'm going to tell you you will discover wonder while God is working on the process you will find not only his wonder in the working but you will find in his work there is complete healing you're not going to have to go back for do-overs that what he does he does it right that what he puts his hands on it is sufficient understand that in the working I want you to understand tonight that when there is wounds it provides opportunity for God to work. Psalms 147 and 3 says, He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. Jeremiah 30 and 17, For I will restore health unto thee 
and I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord, because they called thee an outcast, saying, This is Zion, whom no man seeketh after. He was speaking to the nation, and he said, You've been forgotten. People think I've forgotten you. People think I've abandoned you. He said, You've been called an outcast. He said, But I'm going to let you know that I'm showing up, that I'm going to heal. I will restore health. Can I tell somebody there may be parts of your life that you feel like will never be the same. There might be parts of your life, your mind, your emotions, your sufferings, your wounds that you think, I don't know if it can ever be put back together. We can sit here and pretend to be so righteous, so holy that, oh, that's not my family. That's not my pain. That's not my situation. But Brother Tobin, everybody under the sound of my voice has something, has a suffering, has a wound, has 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 a need that you know good and well. If God doesn't heal it, that if God doesn't work on it, then there will be no healing that will take place. And so we are dependent. The enemy will do his best to make you think God has forgotten you. We have gotten to the point we want things so instantaneous that after a couple of services, after a couple days of fasting, after a couple prayer meetings that if God hasn't changed it we're ready to quit but I pray God raise up some people that'll say if it takes me from now to kingdom come I will faithfully put it in the hands of God because that's where healing will take place oh may God help us Jeremiah 8 and 22, he asked the question, is there no balm in Gilead? In other words, it's there, isn't it? There is there no physician there? He was pointing to the fact there's healing. There is a physician. Amen. I want you to understand tonight that in the working, in the working, God is doing things. Amen. To make us whole. He is doing things that puts us in a place to where we are able to stand and see that nobody else gets the glory. I don't know why exactly I'm saying this tonight. But there are some that maybe it's family wounds that have to heal. Hear your pastor. Maybe tonight there's some family wounds that need to heal. Maybe there's some grievances. Maybe there's some things that has been, hasn't set well. Maybe it's the other party. And can I assure you, the other party also thinks it's you. I want to pause, take a breath right here and tell, tell somebody that maybe, maybe as justified as you are to say, they are the ones that cause the wound. They are the ones that are the problem Let me assure you of this. You are viewed the same way. You are viewed the same way. And the unique thing in the way that God works is that oftentimes as we are praying for God to do a work on that person who wounded us, He says, we'll get to that, but I'm first going to deal with you. I'm first going to work on you. I'm first going to get you to a place where you realize that I am your only help. Or I am the only one who can take care of this. There are some mamas in here that you believe you're Wonder Woman. And mamas, believe me, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of credibility there. You do a lot. You take care of a lot. But there are some things that Wonder Woman can't do. I know Superman, he can leap tall buildings and he can stop a speeding train. Amen. But I'm going to tell you right now, there's not a Superman nor is there a Wonder Woman in this building. You can't do it all. You can't fix it all. And I'm going to tell you there are some sufferings and there are some wounds and there are some things going on with your kids. There are some things going on with your grandkids. There are some things going on in relationships around you that you want so badly for it to change. And God is saying, if you will let me work, if you will let me work, and let me say it like this, hear me, if you will let me work on you, I will work on you. On you and through you to get to them. Because there is a wonder in the wound. 
There are some things that God wants to restore and put back together that when you look back on it, you can say, it was only the Lord. It was not me. It was not my wit, my wisdom. It was not my excellent this. It was not my communication skills. It wasn't because I was such the peacemaker. It was the fact that it was crumbling. We were suffering. There was pain. But we saw God work a wonder in the wind. In the wind. He binds the brokenhearted. He provides healing like no other. He can do what no other power can do. He can work in ways that we don't understand. While you're sleeping, He's working. While you're praying, He's working. While you're worshiping, He's working. I want you to understand tonight that there is some significance here. Uh, here just a couple of days ago, Ashlyn was getting ready to take a science test. And we were going over her test and preparing for her test and studying. And I was asking her questions and she told me before the test, she said, I love this particular science and she said I'm learning about sea life and I'm learning about all these different things and she was learning about sponges and starfish and clams and oysters and 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 what what kind of families and classifications that uh, you know that uh, invertebrates and vertebrates fallen into and all these different types of things and she said dad are you aware of how a pearl is made and I said I am but why don't you tell me about it. And Sister Laura she began to describe as to how that oyster uh, or a clam can take uh, those irritants and, and those, those parasites and those granules of sand those foreign objects and even what would be considered an enemy that would get into there and what begins to happen as that pearl is formed and we began to talk about that and I said Sissy I said the formation of a pearl I said it's a great example of what happens when we will take the things that we're suffering with, the things that are a problem, and we'll let God begin to do a work in it. Amen. We'll let God begin to do a process, and something beautiful comes about out of the pain of the wound. There's a wonder. Did you know tonight, I found this, uh, somebody had shared this, and I, I thought it too wonderful not to share, and it went well with what I was saying, do you know that an oyster that has not been wounded cannot produce a pearl? I want to stop right there and tell you that oyster is known and its value is placed upon the pearl that it can produce. Oh, I know that there are pearl farms and these pearl farmers will take oysters and they will strategically put foreign objects inside of that oyster to where it will begin to produce a pearl. A lot of these are done so that jewelry and pearls can be formed. Oh, but can I say is that if an oyster is never wounded, it will never produce a pearl. In other words, it will never have value. What tonight you think maybe has tarnished you or will be a record of failure or will be something that Brother Segura, we think sometimes uh, I'll never recover from that pearl that is produced is a testimony of the work that God can do and how he can change something that should have destroyed and should have killed you, should have ruined you and he can make something absolutely beautiful out of it. Absolutely beautiful. The more, more pearls that are produced the more valuable the oyster is. When we look at this, I want you to understand, listen to me, there are many times, there are many times that we are wanting to establish value. There are many times that people in the church are wanting a testimony, but they don't want to test. They want to know that God answers prayer. But they never want any problems to have to pray about. 
We want position and promotion, but we don't want the things that build character, the things that establish to rely upon God, to know that He is upon all that we can build upon. Understand, a pearl, a pearl is a healed wound. Pearls are a product of pain, the result of foreign or an unwanted substance that enters the oyster inside of an oyster shell is a substance called nacre N-A-C-R-E and it is it is a substance that will begin to surround that foreign object and it will cover it and it will begin to process and layer upon layer in order to heal itself of that wound and it takes that the, the scientist if you look under the microscope of what nacre is it is what they call brick and mortar it literally is cells that are layered together and it rests on that thing and here's the interesting part is that not only is it covering the wound let me pause right here and tell somebody because I'm afraid by some of your expressions I've lost some of you five minutes ago and so let me be sure you're still awake is that with that substance it covers can I tell somebody tonight that there are some wounds that can only be covered in prayer that can only be covered by the blood that can only be covered by his mercy and his grace that can only be covered by his power I'm here to tell you when you tell somebody all I can do is pray you are telling them the best thing that can be due I want to tell you we need moms and dads that know how to pray we need brothers and sisters we need pastors we need people that will say let me stand in the gap this morning was a a wonderful demonstration of the people of God coming together the brick and the mortar the body unified saying we will pray for a miracle and we will believe God to do the impossible to cover listen I'm telling you some things that I believe will help you and forgive me if I'm going too long but listen we live in a day and time instead of something being covered in prayer we live in a time where everybody wants to broadcast it want to broadcast it listen they want everybody on their friends list to know about every problem they want it they want to we want to complain and we want to gripe and we want to give our two cents and we want to do all this can I just tell you something you know what the Bible has to say about some of this just so you know it's not pastor's opinion because I'm gonna tell you right now I do not think that it is wisdom to broadcast all of your business on social media I want to tell you something I want to tell you something you can delete it but it's always there it is always there the internet never forgets it's recorded down there so I won't care I want just this is this is wisdom from pastor be careful what you're putting out there be careful what it is be careful because here's the other thing you might blast somebody today forgive them tomorrow but you've done put something in the minds of everybody who sees that person from their own hear me there was a time, here's what the Bible says. He said, Brother Jacob, what's the Bible say about my problems, my suffering, my wounds? He said, and I'm going to paraphrase here. He said, but go find yourself a prayer closet. Oh, you're not shouting on that. Go find yourself a prayer closet. And he said, and you pray about those things in secret. Tell your father in secret. And he said, your father that sees you and hears you in secret, what shall he do? He shall reward you openly. Openly. Let me tell you something. There are some times when we act and behave in such a way, you don't give any prospect for healing to take place when everybody and their brother knows what's going on. Well, Brother Jay, I just, I feel better when I do that. Well, I'm glad you feel better, but it's going to be staying out there forever. 
And then you're going to look around and wonder how come there's no solution that's brought. It's because you've done embarrassed somebody. It's because you've done, you done said too much. You've done too much. Amen. I don't. I'm so, thank you, Brother Udy. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't know, even know why I'm on this. I have not been scouring through your profiles to see what's going on. I was in a group text the other night, and somebody said, if Brother Jacob's seeing this, he's going to be praying. And I just responded, I'm seeing this. <laughs> Amen. I'm, but just so you know, it wasn't anything bad. They were joking around. But I'm telling you, friends, hear me. Well, I, I feel better. It's therapeutic for me to put it out. No. No. It is a situation where you are trying to prove yourself right. You're trying to prove a point. And the last time I checked, there's no healing that takes place in any relationship or in any situation where you are always trying or only concerned about being right. Only concerned about the end goal is proving your rightness. How right you are. And whether you like it or not, this is good preaching. You can deal with me after church if you've got a problem with what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is right. If there's anybody right right now, it's me. I'm right. Amen. Cover it in prayer. That's not to say that you can't come. We, you know these altars are always open. There's times there's folks will tell me and say things. I need prayer for this. I don't ask you to. This isn't a confessional where I'm not a priest where you got to tell me everything because I can help you pray, but I can't personally do anything about these things. And I know there's power and agreement in prayer, but I want to say this is that, is that we need to get back to turning some things over to God and God alone and let Him do the work. The problem is, is that a lot of times we become impatient we wanted it to be done yesterday. Did you know that most pearls are produced in a time frame of two to five years? It takes some time. It takes some time. And I want to let, let you know that in the healing process, in the working, in the wonder that comes from the wound, you need time. You need time. Can I be real with you for a moment? There are, some, there are some under the sound of my voice, there are certain things that you thought you were past it. You thought it was over. You thought, hey, this is done, and you've, you've had some victory. You've had some good moments. There's been some things. Okay, I feel good. I'm, I don't break down every time now. I don't get mad so quickly now. I, it don't hurt as bad as it used to. But you let somebody's name come up. You run into somebody in the store. Or you let a moment happen that begins to bring some of that stuff to surface. And you begin to realize, Lord, I'm, I'm still believing you for healing, but it's going to take some time. Did you know that if you find yourself there, you're not failing? You're human. Brother Tobin, here's where we get it wrong. We want to eradicate all emotion. But Jesus himself said this. He said, be angry. You're going to be angry. You're going to hurt. Wounds cause these things. You're going to be emotional. There's going to be times that you don't understand exactly what all's going on. And you're going to have a wide range of emotions. But he said in doing this, Sister Gwen, he said, sin not. Don't let these things drive you to a place of sin. But utilize by the help of the Spirit, self-control. Because isn't that one of the gifts of the Spirit? We only want to talk about speaking in tongues and prophecy and tongues interpretation. But a gift of the Spirit is, or fruit, excuse me, a fruit of the Spirit is temperance, self-control. We don't preach on that very much, do we? We want to shout all the time. We want to, we want to see all the powerful demonstrations. But there's nothing more powerful than somebody who has control of themselves. Control of themselves. Brother Danny, you better come and help me. I've dug a hole, and it's going to take the Lord to get me out. In the wonder, 
We find as Christ was wounded and the wonder of his wounds, the wonder is it provided healing for us. It's been said that pearls are one of the most evocative gemstones in both modern and ancient adornment. Nearly everyone has a specific image that is conjured up when they think of pearls. Maybe it's of a certain person, a cherished memory or event. The beauty of a pearl is inherent in their very origin. Without any polishing, cutting, or altering, they naturally form with a shape, a luster, and an elegance that is undeniably stunning. They represent both purity and integrity. Softness in the pearl's form should not imply a lack of strength. On the scale of hardness for gemstone, a pearl is at about a two and a half to where a diamond is a ten. However, though pearls carry a low rating on the Mohs scale and can be easily scratched with harder materials, their softness does not equate to weakness. On the contrary, pearls have been proven to be one of the most resistant gemstones to stress and strain and the ability to withstand immense external pressures without breaking. What is the wonder that God's working in your wound? What is the suffering of this present time? But what you're battling right now will not compare to the glory that's going to be revealed. Things that when God takes and opens up your life. You know what's interesting? In preparing and studying for this. Brother Chris, the Bible tells us that the book of Revelation, that there's 12 gates in that city. Do you know what the gates of that city are made out of? Pearl. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man that found a pearl of great price. And when he found it, he sold everything that he had. I think it's interesting in the fact that when we get to that city. Brother Eddie, the first thing that we will encounter. I know there's opinions. I know that people say, well, first thing, I, I'm going to see Jesus. And I, and I don't know how it's going to happen. All I know is I want to be there. And maybe he's waiting outside of the gates of the city to welcome us in or whatever the case. But I do know that at some point, Brother Jerry, before I enter that city, before any of us enter that city, we will pass, we will pass, Brother Bobby, through gates of pearl. The pearl of great price. The pearl, the treasure, the wonder of our wounds, the wonder of our suffering, the glory that's going to be revealed. Like the merchant who sold it all and said, I'm going to pursue heaven and I will give it all because I have found the pearl of great price. And Brother Keith, when we walk through the gates of that city, I believe we'll probably walk and just run our hands along that gate and it'll be a reminder there was a wonder in every wound. There was a wonder. There was something being fashioned. There was something being done. You've heard me say before, we don't just wander into heaven. It's a fight. There's struggle. We are not, we can't earn it ourselves, Sister Joy, but with the Lord's help, His healing, His process, we can get there. But you have to understand, He's wanting to do a wonder in the wounds glory that will be revealed in the suffering so tonight can I challenge you with this let the Lord do the work hold tight and let the process happen so you can experience the wonder that comes healing that transpires things that tonight right now you don't know how it's going to work but you're hurting you're worried. You're wounded. But the Lord says, I'll work a glory 
it'll be revealed. And what you're going through now, it will not compare. It won't even, it's not even worthy of what's going to be revealed in you. Can we bow our heads all over this house? Tonight is one of those nights that I wish that it made sense, exact sense to me, exactly why preaching this particular message tonight. But I have to trust the fact that God knows more than I do. I have to trust the fact that God sees the hearts and He knows even setting in this building some of the wounds that you carry. Some of you right now that are in a struggle, you put on a smile and you come in, you greet, you shake hands, you do all the things you're supposed to do. And sometimes in the silence you find yourself suffering. Sometimes in privacy you find where there's a lot of pain. And you're wondering how God's going to do it. You're wondering how God's going to work it. You're wondering what's going to take place. We would have loved for it to have been healed yesterday, but it's not working like that. But tonight God's wanting you to let Him work because He binds up the brokenhearted. He is the balm of Gilead. He is the great physician. He can take those things that should irritate, parasites that should kill, things that should rob us and destroy us. And he says, I want you to cover it with prayer. And I'm going to cover it with grace. And I'm going to cover you with mercy. And I'm gonna, I, I want you to cover it and plead the, the blood. I want, you to, I want you to let my power do work. And I'm going to produce something valuable as a result of this. Something that is wonderful. I told somebody just a couple of days ago, I said, I came across something, wrote it down in my Bible years ago, and it said, those who God uses greatly are often wounded deeply. Those who God uses greatly are often wounded deeply, but they're not left in that wound to die. He works a wonder. He shows himself real if we will allow him to do so. Tonight, I don't know, and again, you don't have to tell me anything. You come and cover it in prayer. But tonight, church, if you find yourself here tonight, if you're someone, and maybe it's a broken heart, maybe it is complications, maybe it's strain in the family, maybe there's some situations, perplexities that's going on with children, grandchildren, maybe it's in the marriage, maybe, I mean, the list goes on and on. Tonight, I believe I believe that God can reveal that He wants to work a wonder in the wound. That there's healing. That there's restoration. That there's a work that only He can do. If that's us tonight, why don't we all come and find ourselves a place in these altars? Why don't we step out from where we are and say, Lord, I want to trust You with this process. Lord, I want to believe You. I want to believe you in the working. I want to, I want to trust you. I, I, will, I will trust you in the waiting. I will see your mighty hand at work. Lord, I, and what right now I don't understand. And what right now is hurting me. And what right now is an irritant. And what right now, Lord, I'm trying to make sense of. Lord, I'm trusting you. Lord, to do a wonder with the wound, to do a work with the wound. Lord, to provide as only you can. Oh, Jesus. Lord, do what only you can do. Only you can do, Lord. Bring healing only your hand can. Do a work, God, that only you can.